Welcome back, Keepers of the Word. You're here with Mike, James, James, Joe, Andrew, Brian, and later on, Ron is going to join us. How hey, what's up, doing? everybody? Thanks for joining us. Hello, hello. So today's topic is Memento Mori. Uh, translated in English, remember you must die. The point of this reminder isn't to be morbid or promote fear, but to inspire, motivate, and clarify. Idea has been central to art, philosophy, literature, architecture, and more throughout history. As Socrates says, the one aim of those who practice philosophy in the proper manner is to practice for dying and death. So this topic, it's deep. It's very deep. Um, Life-changing as well. Definitely makes you look within. Uh, The origins are Roman. Uh, Memento Mori is believed to have been born in ancient Roman tradition where conquering generals that returned from their tours of duty would be paraded through the streets and received by tra- cheering citizens of Rome. But riding in the same chariot behind the general was a slave whose responsibility was to whisper, Remember thou art mortal. Remember you must die. Think about that. That's heavy, you know. For those who actually take that and you know, absorb that and kind of meditate on that for a while. That is, it's, it's uh, pretty deep there. Sure. Um, I think it's very stoic in nature. Um, the Stoics, the Stoics use memento mori to remind them there is work to be done. They treat each day as a gift and reminded themselves constantly to not waste any time. When I think of the term, um, it really makes me want to contemplate the moment, right? Um, James, what is the most important moment of your life? No, that's the question, right? That's a, that's a major but question. But you know the answer. I mean, the most important moment of your life is right now. This very in second. the moment. This very second right now is the most important moment of your life. Yes, we've had moments where children you've had home you've you've accomplished great things but if we're not living in the now right now then we're kind of missing the point of memento mori and i think throughout history that has been the point of it all and and it's been uh, a way of being able to remind you that you you're going to die one day what are you going to do What are you doing right now? What are you doing now? Stop wasting time. Right. So what does it mean to you, James? Momentum Mori, uh, to live in the now, you know, to prepare for the future, to make your past memorable, not only memorable, but livable. So when you're in the now, to make decisions in the now that will affect the past and and the future. So living in the moment, you know, you, you need to step away. Like you see all these people with the Instagram and you know, everybody does it, you know, when somebody goes and there's a moment happening, you know, there's this famous picture, there's a, there's a old lady watching parade. Everybody around her is all taking photos of the parade. And the caption goes, there's only one person living in this moment right now. And this was an elderly lady who is there with the smells, the touch, the hearing, with all the seven senses there. She's in it in full. It's a pretty, Powerful photo. Has there been any examples other than that where you saw or heard of somebody living in the now? 
living in now. Those people who are unplugged, who are living off grid, you know, that's in the now because they have to do everything in the now. Like if you're living off grid, um, you are living in the now 24 seven, because if you don't do anything now, you have nothing for the future and then you die. Uh, you know, like we're talking about like shows on like on alone and stuff like that, you know, that's living in the moment. Were there any shows or, or anything, any programs in particular that pointed that out to you? I mean, off the top of my head, I mean, alone, I mean, you're, you're there, there are people are contemplating, contemplating life and death, you know, there's bears or cougars outside and then they go, you know, I don't need to be here right now. I need to be with my family. And like they go through this whole process kind of like a, a, a reflecting, you know, on this lifelong journey and, and where they're at and they're alone, you know, and they start getting into their own thoughts. And the majority of the reason why they go home is because they're living in the moment and then they, they get in touch with their inner self and then they believe that I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be with my family right now and they want to leave the show. So we have somebody who was talking about, do you know the origins of how Oddfellows looked into the skull Kind of same as Chamber of Reflection. Now I'm going to get that get into that later because I'm going to I'm going to briefly go into Freemasonry and expand on that. But I will remember you, Xperia. But coming on down, um, Tom McGuire, a reminder that you lived a well lived life. Very true. And titles are lame. What's your advice for those to fully be in the present moment without being stuck in the past or worried about the future? That's a good question, and there's a very hard answer for it. Um, you you are your own obstacle, unfortunately, you know, and that goes for everybody out there. You know, we we are the ones, like you said, you know, it's it's the answers in the question. What's your advice for those who fully be in the present moment without being stuck in the past? How does somebody be stuck in the past? Because we were living memories. You know, one of the. Something that I used to say back in the day was, you know, there in life there are no rearview mirrors, mm. so what's behind you doesn't matter, mm-hmm. and that is so true. That's a red dragon quote, by the way. <laughs> but, <laughs> hashtag red dragon quote. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag red dragon. That's something I said years uh, ago to friends, and they they got a kick out of it. But as I got older, it just made more and more sense because mm. it's true. You know, like. What be, what's behind me, whatever whatever faults or problems, as long as I learn from them, doesn't really matter because now mm-hmm. I'm, I'm constantly moving forward. But I also have to take the time to see what I've created, what I've done, and appreciate every moment that you've mm-hmm. been alive to do so. Mm-hmm. Because it, we take a lot of things for granted. I think if we really think about it, um, Imagine one of your senses is gone, whether it's sight, sound, Hearing. taste, touch. Uh, that would really throw you curveball. How do you continue? You adapt. You overcome. Mm. You find a way. We are resilient in nature. Extremely resilient. So that is my take on that. Um, then you go into the whole side, you know, the, the whole other aspect. You know, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. You know. And then sometimes that's self-evident and other times you got to do some shadow work and you have to look into that. Expand on that. Like what happened? And that's, what's really hard, you know? And I, I, I'm going to say just in general, a lot of times from, you know, without being stuck in the past, whatever that, that took place, you know, that's, that's having somebody rethink that over and over. Sometimes you need some time to heal from that, 
You know, sometimes when you're in that moment, when you're in that I'm looking to the past, I'm stuck, you can't do any constructive work. You have to wait until you're done and let that, that, that grieving process or that, that first shock or whatever it may be take hold, write it out. Now you're feeling better. Now can you do constructive criticism? What happened? What can I do not to have that happen again? What can I do to change that? What can I do to learn from this? What can I do to be a stronger person from whatever, whatever it is? I failed my math test. Damn, I can't believe that. I was so embarrassed in front of the class. What can I do? I'm going to study harder. I'm going to start reading math books. I'm going to join a math book club or something. There was something you told me a while back about purging your emotions. Yes. Where you take some time to cry and just cry yes. it all out. And so that takes your time to get your jollies off too, right? And get that out of the way. So you get so that's that's a big purge. That's kind of like a you guys always call them my wizard stuff that I go do. You mm-hmm. know, so there's there's are certain things that you can do, and everybody has different versions or cycles or whatever they want to call it, where you know you you express everything all at once, and then it, it, where you purge, and there's another one where you actually build and you hold everything. You hold everything first for a long time. You don't cry. You don't do anything. You have abstinence from a lot of things, sweets, and you know, uh, coffee maybe, like all your things that you like. It is a really good idea to take a tea break, so to speak, from things. Unplug from Um, social media. Hey, guys, let you guys know for one month I'll be off social media. Take a month off. Come back. You'll come back stronger. You'll come back. You're going to be more um, revitalized than that, you know? But that purge, yeah, that purge, you go and you cry everything as much as you, you can cry. You go through and you, you do some shadow work. Shadow work is not fun. You know, again, we've said this before, these woke individuals that are out there. You know, if you come at, woke. Well, listen, if you come at me and you tell me that your magic comes from love and light, I'm going to tell you, congratulations, you're probably taking your first step in, in, in figuring out something's going on. But, you know, you probably figured something out maybe six months ago. You know, like there's a lot of stuff that's out there and it's a lot of stuff. There's all levels to it. You, you got to really look within and uh, shadow work is a definite major part of doing the work. So do you feel that shadow work is kind of a mental mode in itself? It is because, you know, you're looking back a lot of times with shadow work. Shadow work you can do on a lot of different ways, a lot of different levels on yourself. All things that you don't like about yourself, things that, things that you wish you could have changed, you could have done better, or whatever, like when you're looking into the past on certain subjects. You know, but you have to face those things. Why did I fail in that? You know, and a lot of people don't like to look at that. Why'd that happen to me? Sometimes there's no answer, but sometimes you need to just take that and look into it and agree that there's value in saying what happened sucked but how can i change that like you can't change no. what happened no. but you can change how you perceive it on on how that subject matter holds over to you you can take that power away from it and recognize this is something that took place that sucked i hated failing in front of the math math class and i felt really stupid and that gave me stage fright or what have you for the future of the rest of my life but you can take that and really dissect that and and kind of open up that wound again that never really healed and let it heal properly. And once it does, you know, those instances and those, those things in life will be there forever. You will never remove those things. But you can live with them differently. Those anchors can be revisited and reprogrammed. Uh, correct. I think that's, that's what, in general, what, yeah. you're, what you're saying. 
um, in the stream chat. Is it is it not moving up or down, or is it that's it right there? No, that's it right there. At the okay. So to expand, I want to hear Andrew your perspective, being new, on Memento Mori. My perspective on Memento Mori. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. Um, that was cool. It's fun. Uh, honestly, I think it's more of a just the way I was when I was doing my research on it. What it kind of meant to me was just kind of get up and go go out and do do the things that you think that you want to go do, you know, rather than just sitting down and talking about how nice it would be to go do it. Or, or when you see your friends are out vacationing or something, you know, and you talk about how, Oh, I wish I could go do that. Or just go do it. You know, Like it's not just get up and go live. You know, what right. about the length of time that you have here, Andrew? Do you think about that? You know, I think that it's short, especially, dude. you know, let, let's, let's just, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm trying to get at here really quick. Let's just touch on a situation because you, kind of were faced with this reached out and like, touched the abyss like, like recently so you, it's kind of it brought this really to your to your doorstep so to the fans yeah. that don't know who i am because i am new on here i was in an accident about six to seven months ago um head-on collision I was in the hospital for a week couldn't walk for about two to three months on my own couldn't do anything on my own mm. um and that honestly gave me a whole different perspective it makes me kind of want to i'm kind of doing what i wanted like what i wanted to do prior to the accident you know instead of just talking about it and talking about it and not doing it i'm finally just go do it you know i don't have or nobody really has that long of time here on earth you know or you never know how it. long exactly so that's when you seize the day you know yeah don't waste your time talking about wishing to go do something just get up and go do it i think what you need to get out of that that must be nice attitude right right because right. a lot of people that they see other people doing well or, or having fun or making the best out of their lives well that must be nice don't be that guy don't because that just sets you up for more misery. Right, right, right. And it makes you reflect on all the failures that you've done. Puts you in a negative the, space. Exactly. exactly. You need to change your mindset. You the, really the need to. The poor me attitude. Exactly mm-hmm. that right there. Mm-hmm. You need to get out of the poor me attitude. And I'm totally against that. If you know me, you're a friend of mine, you know that I, I'm not with mm-hmm. the whole poor me attitude. I will call you out on your shit. And I will tell you, no, this is not the way to live your life. Because mm-hmm. it sucks. Yeah. Just yep. bottom line. Yeah, people don't don't understand the amount of control that they actually have in that you know in their own lives. Like, it's it's kind of funny because you really? know you know a lot of a lot of times, well, not even a lot of times, most most of the time through everybody's life, you know, you're you're a teenager and you're trying to you know I'm gonna be an adult and I'm gonna control myself and I do this and that, whatever, whatever. But then they're really still kind of like sitting around and and you know they're saying prayers and waiting for things. They're not, you know, like going out there, praying, 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 praying for this, for this job yeah. opportunity to come to them and this and that, whatever, but they're never leaving their home to go find a job They're, you know, stuff like that. I, I, I would like to learn how to play the guitar, but they're not really like looking at lessons practicing or, yeah. or trying to find right. lessons or they're, they're, but they're just wanting it and hoping that it just magically happens, but they're not doing one day a great guitar player. Exactly. But they're yeah. not doing none of the work to do it you know it's just like no right. you 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 want to be really good at playing guitar you have control of this stand yeah. up walk over to the room pick the guitar up google some tabs because you know that's a thing like we didn't have that in the, in, in the 90s you didn't have that <laughs> you know what i'm saying no. like like you could google tabs these days and learn yeah. how to like play any song that you want mm. so use that control that you have in your life and make these things happen you know it's like like that outcast song get up get out and get something that's like the way i that like to true. i like to put it get up 
get yeah. out and get something and get some. mm-hmm. because life is going to pass Last you by. Passing you by. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Sometimes, for those of you that, that, that do partake in cannabis, I would suggest if you find yourself in a mental block or in a block in general, break. put it away for about 90 days. There was this friend who was my, a psychologist, and he told me, if you could put anything away for 90 days, you're, you're in total control of everything. You're in total control of your life. You could put anything away for 90 days and you will succeed and you will see a huge jump in, you know, where you were going from where you were at to where you're going. So what does the saying mean to die? Well, Well, I think that's amongst warriors, uh, cultures, um, that would die well in battle. Yeah. Die well would be the battle battle death, right? Battle death, right? To die in battle. That's a well. glorious death to to mm-hmm. some. The back in a the, warrior's death. Back back in the early early days, of, you know, the Spartans, Spartans when they went out to war, they that's what they looked for. Somebody Vikings, to give them a good yeah. death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a glorious exactly, death. A glorious death. We don't have that nowadays. Now you just die in your living room watching reruns. <laughs> Jeopardy. Jeopardy. Wheel of Fortune. Wheel right, of Fortune. Right. It'd be cool to really die doing something you love, right? Whether it be skydiving, racing. Uh, Imagine skydiving. Oh, shit. Just like, hey, I'm I'm ah, about to boom. go. All right. Strap me to your chest you and go. jump. Rock. I'll be out. Yeah. When we get to the bottom. <laughs> Doing some, just do something you something love. Something different, man. huh? Even if it doesn't make you money, just do it just because you love it. You know? I think that's that's probably the most important part of seizing the day, the carpe diem or carpe noctem. I'm going to say, too, just to switch it around, to die well is, you know, to die well, you have to live well. So to live well, you know, is were you happy in life? Did you live life in a good way? And I think that would be a good way to die, is that to have, an, to have living a good life. I also feel those you know, folks who are terminally ill mm-hmm. have a very in-the-moment mindset. Right? Very much so. I've watched some documentaries that just blew my mind, that brought me, you know, well, there's the last episode like the second to last episode of Midnight Gospel. Mm. That was amazing, where Duck and Trestle is speaking with his mother. Um, I've watched that episode. I've watched Midnight Gospel a ton of times. You have not watched Midnight Gospel. Um, after dinner watching our wonderful show, go watch Midnight Gospel. Uh, but the, the, you know, that, that episode was so amazing. She was so in touch with so many things that just resonated with me. It was amazing to hear her talk. Like I can watch whole shows. And that was his mom. That right? was his mom. And she it, was dying. Like, she was dying of cancer, cancer. and she had beaten it, and it was kind of, kind of coming back. And I don't know how much longer after that episode she passed. What What about how she's talking to the main character? Who's yeah, so she's talking to Clancy. Yeah, yeah, she's talking to Clancy. And you she's know, pretty much explaining to him like, "There's nothing. Correct. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm be going gone. to go. Exactly. You know There's, this. This right. is going to happen. Yeah, that was that mm-hmm. was like a. So a she she talks about in the episode that resonates so well with me. And it was a, almost everything, everything she said was amazing. But one of the, the aspects I wanted to talk about was to how she basically was talking about being in the now. Like, how can we do that? How can we disattach from our social media, from our, does this person think I look, you know, look good? Am I dressed nice and this and that? How do you disattach from everything and be in the now to, to, to try it yourself? How can somebody who's anywhere with no money, you don't have to be rich or anything. How can somebody be in the now? How can somebody who is who's not in a good state of mind right now just be in the now? And then her her answer was, 
to focus on the inside of your hand. Hmm. I'm like, well, wait a minute, what? Can you feel the inside of you? Can you look on the inside of your hand? Can you feel it? Now feel your fingertips and then move out, you know, and then breathe. Can you feel the air going through your body? It was just really, really cool how to feel you, who you are on the inside, you know? And in that moment, you're in the now. You're inside of yourself and in the now. It's really, really cool. And you can do that in like a couple of minutes, you know? And then you kind of pop back. I got to go back to the rat race. I got work. I got to go do this. Go back in traffic or whatever. But, you know, we shouldn't be having these moments, you know? The rat race, you can only win the rat race if you can live outside the rat race while being number one at the rat race. You know, and that's really hard to do. Yes, so I, I really like that you expanded on that because that was that was really good. Um, Rough Ashley three five seven. Would you say if you lived a simple hermetic life, you would live well, better than a person in the metropolitan area? No, because it it, it depends on the person. It's, it's an individual. Thing. It's an individual thing. What if I'm a hermetic person that hates life? I hate people. That's why I'm a hermit, a hermetic person, you know, being a, her, a her, hermit doesn't mean that you're a genius or a sage or anything, you know, or contemplating, you know, wonderful aspects of philosophy and life, you know, so it depends on the person because you can be a person in the metropolitan area who knows nothing about philosophy, but you're living, you're living what all the philosophers want to try to formulate and run these formulas and ideas and, 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 and stuff like that to try to ascertain. But a person can know nothing of that and have already been living it their whole life without having to ascertain anything. Um, that's a good question. I think that's a good way to answer it too because, you know, just because you're out by yourself in nature doesn't mean that you're not going to find sadness or loneliness. You know, I think a lot of it has to do with your mental alchemy and how, how strong you are mentally. And how do you handle those problems as they come about? Um, being able to have those answers on the fly, I think that's the real challenge mm. because you, you're, you're going through a thought process, right? And sometimes it's very depressing. But, it is. But as long as you're facing your truth, you're going to find the answers. You're going to find mm. clarity and you're going to be triumphant. So note that you know whatever you're going through, and you're contemplating, well, one day I will die, but that doesn't motivate you, then you really need to think about your goals and what you really, really mm-hmm. want out of life because life is short. You know, we take it, mm-hmm. too, we take it for granted. And at any moment, that card can be pulled. If you're Absolutely. not ready, then Absolutely. it is what it is. Yeah. So now getting back um, to a little more history in Memento Mori, Something I came across was the dance macabre. Um, in the late Middle Ages, a period with devastation known as the Black Death, killing uh, 25 million people in Europe, an art genre grew called the dance macabre, the dance of death. These paintings usually depict young with old kings, peasants, uh, to show that death comes for everyone. No one here gets out alive. So there's a lot of uh, pictures and paintings and woodcuts from that time period where you see skeletons dancing, and it looked 
Yeah, kind of right, weird, right. You know, and you have you have regular folks just walking around them. Hey, uh, what's, what's going on? Well, that's the dance with death. At some point, it's gonna saw a lot of that in those black and white cartoons from like yeah. the twenties. They're always yeah. dancing because so much death was around. We have another question yeah. here. Well, not more more of a statement, right? Not to sound morbid, morbid, but is death the end goal? But to live at its fullest. Yes. I want to go without regret. Right, right. I want to be able to look back when I'm 80 and say, you know what? I, lived, that. I lived a hell of a life and I did everything I yeah, wanted that, to Yeah, that kind of goes back to what we were talking about, you know, to to die well. To die well, you should have lived well. Because you can't die well, you know, so much if you didn't live well. You know, so you want to be happy that you did exactly what you're saying, you know. Did I do what I want to do, you know? We brought, you know, we, we, we brought up a post, you know. Keep in mind, guys, that we these conversations continue every day with us on all of our posts on Instagram and stuff like that, that we, where we post. You guys should be fans of following us on Instagram because these conversations turn into topics and turn into stuff like that. But we had a post a couple of days ago you know, about the Book of the Dead and, and how when you die, your heart's weighed against the feather and stuff like that. And you know, Hey, so James, real quick. Yes, sir. Um, seeing that we're talking about redemption, since I'm taking a Star Wars class at ASU, yeah. Um, one of the things right now was Darth Vader. So towards the end, you know, he's, he's redeems himself by saving Luke, but mm. did he live a good life all the way through? No, 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 he didn't. So, you know, that analogy is, you know, he finds redemption through what the son, correct? Yeah. So that's redemption. He's a Messiah. You know, they're trying to give him the Messiah aspect. So he finds redemption through his son and stuff like that. And that's all. It's really cool. I mean, come on, when Darth Vader, you know, his mask comes off and he tells his son all that stuff. You know, that's it's great. I mean, uh, no, he lived a horrible life. Yeah, he was a horrible human being. He probably wasn't one of the worst ones. Yeah. I mean, the, all the things that he did, he he flipped the balance of the universe. <laughs> you know, he was the Force pivoting. Choked the shit out of the universe. Well, he was the <laughs> pivotal. You know, evil in the world at that time. You know, you you have um, what's his name, the guy that was hired by um. Yeah, Papatine. He's the evil guy, but who did the dirt? So here's something that um, Iru Kanji put up. A lot of philosophy based on ideas that within oneself and living in the moment are key to fulfilling joy on this material plane. And he's quoting John Jung, Alan, Alan Watts, Watts even Robin, Robin Williams well, right. in the moment. So I, I have um, a friend of mine, um, Jesus Trejo, and he's a comedian. And he was telling me that there's a high you get when you're on stage and when you're getting fed through the crowd. You're, you're bringing right? joy. You're bringing joy and getting this high. But when you get off the stage and now you're on the ride home and you're alone with your thoughts, you have the equal balance on the other side. Mm-hmm. Because it has to balance. Now it's, it's not sure. really depression. No, but you're, you're in a, high and now you're coming you're, down. You're in a low. Right. right? So. Those, we see that a lot in bi- mm-hmm. bipolar, mm-hmm. depression, bi- people who are bipolar. They get really high and then they crash really mm-hmm. low. I think that happens to all of us, whether you're considered that Correct. or not. I do believe that. Um, there's times where I've been super happy, had a good, great time. Next day I'm just gone. Right. You don't feel yeah. no pep in your step. No pep in your step. That's a good point that you made. Battles are lame. Some people believe that this is the last cycle. 
Tires and of Wayne. Ray Kukul says cycles need death to appreciate life. Oh, uh, man, beast, twin. You must, must experience as much as you can. Every experience is a possibility for a lesson to learn. Yes. Uh, some believe it's the last cycle on Earth. You're talking about the last cycle before this one would be the end of the Kali Yuga age. So we, we would be in the cycle of Aquarius if you follow Lavatsky, H.P. Lavatsky. Well, did she have any take on this? Yeah, she said this whole new cycle was going to be um, the end of the old, the new of the new. Basically, um, the old world was going to go out. There's going to be a new type of man, a new conscious man that will be aware of what's going on so spiritually. Christ, Christ consciousness. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it it's our first big step into that. And we, this cycle will be the beginning of that. So, you know, we're, we're going to start using our different parts of our brains and stuff like that. We're, we're evolving into a new man for human humanity. Transmutation. And again, I hear. Must learn to transmutate. Or transmute to stay balanced. Yes. Correct. So and transcendental magic is a wonderful thing. If you guys are going to be into that, man, beast, twin. Go check out by Levi. Learning how to make your mind work for you. Yeah. Your mental alchemy, be able to reverse things. Yeah. I think that's very important to really dive into your emotions and see that you can change outcomes and you can be victorious. Correct. There are many, many, many platforms that you can take and practice, and they physically change your mind uh, to 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 formulate something new. So you can do that. Yuruji Khan's on a roll today, man. I believe that depression is a manifestation of an individual's departure from the human experience, which is to enter into communion, spiritual or otherwise. So I'm, I'm going to respond to that one. Somebody who said it best. I'm going to leave the name out until the end because it blew my mind. And I, I follow this person now on Instagram and stuff. And it's amazing what this person puts out. But uh, he said what you're saying here, um, that he believed that that depression is your inner self screaming out that what you are doing is wrong and that you need to change. And that resonated with me so much. That's the inner you screaming to you that's being fake with the world that what you're doing, you do not like, but you're going along for other people. And who said that was Jim Carrey, hmm. believe it or not. So that, Very esoteric human being. That, that relates to people who are in stuck relationships. They're stuck. Too. You're stuck. Or That's you're, why you're depressed. You're just with somebody just to be with them because it's just convenient. You have to change. Just, just real, real, real quick, I just want to state real quick for you guys. Irokan G, that's Alchemist oh. uh, 303. He had, he's having some trouble with Twitch. I, I'm only pointing this out because I want to say thank you for like not just cutting off. Like he's hopped over to YouTube, so oh, all <laughs> right, like Alchemist three hundred three. Right, thank you, man. Um, so that's the, why they're, they're quality comments. Groovy. So Lorna, Lorna Dune Blackmore, I love the point about her a hermit not necessarily living a better life than someone in a metropolitan area. Mm-hmm. It's such a common belief that solitude virtue is happiness. Love that you mentioned that it doesn't have to be the case. You can be grounded in truth, kindredness, right. humanity. So, Lorna, yes. So, basically, what, just to touch on that, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you practice, remember that you are the point. So, when you practice, you, it's coming from you. It's you. So, first off, to practice, you need to be uh, the focal point. So, it emanates from you. So, 
if you're emanating hatred, that's what you're going to get. If you're emanating happiness, kindredness, you know, with humanity or, or yourself first, that's where it comes from. So you can be in a metropolitan area that is horrible, absolutely horrible, but you are that shining ray if you decide to do, to do so. It's all from perspective. Or, or I can be a horrible person in the most wonderful place in the world, and I can take that place down if I wanted to, if I start spreading that. So you, know, you, are, you are that pivotal point. You, you are. Everybody is. And we all affect each other. So you, know, you can be anywhere at any given moment and affect the area around you. And likewise, you can have an, an area affect you. And the people need to be aware of that, of what you walk through, what other people's trauma you're walking through or hatred or, or depression, you know, that, that, that affects us. So, you know, when you walk like that, walk in a defensive manner, but walk to help other people, you know, and that's why we do the show. We want people to know that. So maybe there's somebody out there in a metropolitan area or somebody's a hermit that's listening to our show, yeah. you know, that's just really negative, you know? Hey, you guys, so just to uh, cut in on you really quick, don't mean to be rude, but we actually have a phone call. From our brother Ron Duncan, who's usually here at the studio with us, but wasn't able to make it tonight. So bring him on. I'm gonna patch him in right now. Right. Hey, Ron, can you hear us? Hey, I can hear you. How's it going? How's it going? How's it going, Ron? Hey, Ron, how you doing? What's up, man? So hear from all you guys. Sorry, I can't be there tonight. Uh, I'm out in the beautiful state of Texas. Mm. Right on. So, what is your take on? Memento Mori at this moment? I'll tell you real quick. I, I, I had a few minutes to think about it, and I think that what I really, I mean, obviously we've talked about Memento Mori before, and, and we've talked about the chamber and all kinds of things like that as far as masonry is concerned, but um, I think what, what I really like is um, Gemini Syndrome has a song that's called Remember We Die, and it's, it's on their <laughs> album, Memento Mori. And, and the song itself, I mean, all of the lyrics of that song cover the concept of Memento Mori so well that I don't think that I could describe it better. I mean, you know, they talk about remember, remember that we die, but we're still alive. And, you know, the, the whole concept behind Yes, we're all going to die, but the way that we live is what's going to be the impact of, of what our death is. So their their song is what probably has me thinking about Memento Mori most of the time. So now that I have you on the phone, I'm going to go over Memento Mori and Freemason. So okay. Memento Mori, the symbol of the skull and crossbones, is indefinitely a reminder of our own mortality and associated with other Latin terms such as ora fugit, hour flees, or tempest fugit, time flies, an hourglass with wings. York Rite was first to adopt memento mori in the chivalric order, the Order of Malta and the Order of the Templars. And Albert Mackey describes the use of memento mori as a Masonic symbol in the late 19th century in his Encyclopedia of Freemasonry as a symbol of mortality and death as the means for inciting the mind to the contemplation of the most solemn, the skull and crossbones are used in the chamber of reflection. So going back to a brother who brought that up earlier, the mm-hmm. chamber of reflection mm-hmm. should have this guy right here. Yeah, 
could have this as well. Yes. And, and all these things. Unfortunately, you know, in certain, certain areas, it's kind of hard to have all these things in there. Um, politics. Correct. But the truth is they were necessary for that transmutation of self. Um, to, to really dig into masonry and memento more, they go hand in hand because you are transmuting yourself. Absolutely. And especially if we think about what the chamber was meant for, the chamber was meant for a very extreme contemplative place to think about our death, to think about the reason why we're doing, why we're embarking on the journey of Freemasonry. When the chamber is used properly with those symbols of death, it, it, it definitely gives you a, you know, a, um, a heavy feeling and, and makes you go into your inner sanctum for sure to think about what you're doing and having that be a contemplative part of your beginning of a Masonic initiatic experience. Did you feel, going through your first three degrees, did you see any mention of Memento Mori or uh, did it ever get pointed out to you? Um, I did not. And, you know, once I, once I got into it and once I got into other esoteric aspects of, of masonry, I really got excited and, and I, I felt, I felt like I definitely missed out on being able to do a chamber to have that contemplative, you know, beginning in masonry. But what was what I found really exciting was that that there were brothers that also had never heard about anything like Memento Mori or any of the or any of the alchemical correlations or any other esoterics within Freemasonry and and were excited to hear about that. And some of these were brothers that have been around, you know, for a long time. I, I want to, you know, I want to say, I want to say Dick Watson was a 50 year or pretty damn close to a 50 year Mason. And when, when I was giving Masonic education on esoterics in the last, in our last lodge, you know, he would come up to me at the end of the night and be like, wow, brother, that was awesome. I've never even heard that before. So there's, there's so much of it that's been kept from so many of the brothers and some of the brothers are, are, are receptive to it. I mean, obviously the younger, newer Masons hunger for all of, these concepts of esotericism and, and the memento mori type of aspect. But we have some older brothers that, that are inquisitive about it and that are receptive to it. And there's others that just think it's, they want to poo poo it. And, you know, right. they're, they're, they're probably part of the reason why some of the stuff was removed from masonry because they're scared of it. You know, they don't understand it. They fear it. Which is why we're so, having this conversation right correct. now. Correct. Well, the whole so, point of what we're doing. To, to kind of switch gears, Donovan Bellatori, can you guys talk a little about, bit about the meaning of the egg, the one that many secular factions talk about? What they say, it's all about the egg. So um, to be kind of ambiguous, to kind of lay a general blanket over when you ask, when you say many secular factions here, it's the egg or the world soul, the soul, the cycle, you know, um, that's just basically what they're talking about. It's the soul. And 
I couldn't really elaborate without touching upon too many specifics that I cannot say, but it, it's they're talking about the souls. The egg has always been used in, in almost, when you say many secular factions and or cultures or religions or practices, the egg is usually a soul. Um, so, well, the egg's a soul. So, moving on, pro- poker problem, California Masons? Yes, we yes, are. Los Angeles. We're, we're out of Los Angeles, and we're from Long Beach, Cal- Long Beach, California. And we're also members of the Long Beach Valley. Blue Scott, Valley, Long Scotch Beach Valley, Valley Scotch Rite Valley. Yes. So, uh, men, beast within, but why do bad thing in the world and the control? Now, I don't know if you're referring to masonry in that question. You're going to have to elaborate on that, man. You're going to have twin. to elaborate a little more, and I'll wait for you, and I'll reply. Uh, but meanwhile, I think in, in my experience, um, you were cheated out of that. You know, I didn't get to have the chamber of reflection, and we never talked about this type of esoteric knowledge that's within masonry. Right. So uh, I think the guys that were doing all the education and the work, it just wasn't an interest for them. And that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Right. Know, I'm not. I'm not trying to dog it or anything like that, but you yeah. do have to recognize that there's a lot of people want that experience. There's a lot of people, you know, from my little experience when, when we would talk about some esoteric works in, in the, you know, my lo- the lodge that I was in, you know, they would say, Shh, hold on, hold on, wait, we have to wait for so-and-so to leave. And then, you know, a one or two people would leave and then people would congregate and talk about it. But we had to stop talking about it. Somebody walked over. I'm like, why is this so hush hush? Like this isn't taboo or something, you know, you well, know, you harsh. Know, James, I would propose that it's it's all mm. a matter of, Where of you're at. Pers- perspective. It's all a matter of mm. perspective and what you get out of masonry and what one person gets is different than what another person gets. And, you know, I think my first exposure to Memento Mori was probably in the York, right? And mm. to me, I I recognized it and I got it and I understood it. Yet I heard other people from talk about York right from a perspective of, of a very Christian type of mentality because it's the story of, of, you know, the Holy lands and the, the, the Templars escorting people to the Holy lands Mm. and all of that. So, so what one person's perspective was on it being a, uh, a Christian type of right to me, it was, it was a very terric, very magical type of rite because I saw the symbolism within it and, and the stories that were talked about during the, the degrees of the York. So that was my perspective, but right. I would, I would say that it's a matter of perspective for people, what they're, what they're looking for, what they're getting out of it, and what they're interpreting from their own perspective. And, you know, everyone has their own journey. I mean, masonry is a fraternity and we have, we have things that that tie us together, but we are all individual men with our own with our own free will and our own and our own perspectives and our own lives and things that affect us. So obviously, it's definitely a, a different journey for every man. Right. So I'm gonna read off some comments. Um, so Iruji Khan, Khanji, without revealing too much, we obviously dedicate ourselves to relief of our brethren and the world at large and our respected communities, most which is to leave legacy and honor to our time here. 
Correct. Legacy is probably what you really want, right? You, like, how did Bruce Lee become the most talked about martial right, artist? Right. Because he right. left a life worth talking about. Where you talked about with the bones, right? With the skull and, and the bones that are left there. You know, so part of that reflection is to, this is what you leave here. Your bones will be left here. What did you really leave on this earth after you're gone? So you go back to yeah. your legacy. So, you know, those bones are there to represent we are flesh and bone, and your bone is what stays here. So now we have, okay, so a poker problem. I believe the GL of California allows for a chamber reflector, however, However, it has some limitations, but of course, it's based on the lodge's culture. Correct. There are limitations to the chamber reflection in California, and hopefully, in the future, we can kind of release some of those limitations. And and it's actually, you know, what's really interesting is that although there are limitations, the the PMCs for California, the California Masonic Code, um, doesn't a lot about it so a lot of times i think that those limitations become a man-made construction based on what your your inspector will allow so i mean and and i'm sure that the inspector has to allow or disallow something based on exactly what you were saying like the culture the culture of the lodge what what they're going to understand how they're going to interpret it so um but there's not there's not a lot of the cmc say that's true it's it's true. There's there's a lot of vagueness, but I think there's room for improvement. And we're always here to make things perfect, right? We're masons. Agreed. So man beast man within beast is, is follow up. So top masons are skull and bones, like Bush and Kerry. Mm-hmm. Why all people in all places of power are involved with masonry in some sort, or are those bad perceptions put on open opposing forces? Opposing yeah. forces. What I'm trying to say are there different types of masons, ones that do good and ones that do bad. So first off, we've answered this before many, 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 many times, and we will continue to answer these with the same answer. So first off, first off, Harry and Bush were never masons. I, I also want to say has nothing to do with skull and bones has nothing to do with masonry. And, and yes. So yes, there's a lot of misconceptions when you come to, when you talk about politics and Freemasonry, you know what, back when this country was built, yes, Freemasons were involved. We were involved in everything. Uh, and, your cities were involved. Your, your and, counties were involved in Mason. So, I'm sorry. And uh, remember that remember that that Albert Pike was involved in helping to write a lot of ritual for not only Masonry but for other organizations as well. So, Masonry had in Masonry had influence into a lot of fraternal organizations just because of the popularity of masonry Mm -hmm. and who albert pike was so this is why we have these conversations because we want to dispel that misinformation and the truth is you know no obama isn't a mason jay-z is not a mason i mean these are things that we would know because we would be able to look up their lodge and find them and if we can't do that then sorry but you're not recognized or you're not a brother and that's okay. You know, it's not a yep. bad thing, you know, mm-hmm. just, but associating their moves or their political reign to our fraternity, you know what the truth is? If we had more Masons in politics right now, things would probably be very different because we think about community. We think about the whole, mm. not just one group of people. And unfortunately, 
Now, I was just going to say, remember, Mike, that the truth isn't as sexy as the lie. <laughs> the truth isn't right. as sexy as the it's lie. Not. It's not. Definitely not. The, and that's the truth. And I hope that answers your question, man, beast twin. twin. <laughs> uh, well, Ruff guys, Ashler. I'm going yeah. to wrap up here. So. You guys have work with your Grand Lodge. Go through it. They have all the authority, you know, to say yes or no. And then say, you know, how can we do this? What way? Work with them. You have to. You have to. If you work with them, then nobody's going to tell you anything. The people who do tell you something, you can tell them, this is what I got from, from my Grand Lodge. You know? Yeah. So, unfortunately, um, hold on, I'm sorry. I would say Memento Mori is the equivalent of what's going to be your legacy. Uh, definitely. Yeah, that's J- what we're talking about. J.A. Newman definitely can be an uphill battle to get a chamber and approved in your lodge, but can be done. Nonetheless, it can be. Yes, definitely um, can be done. So, so, so man, beast, twin. So changing meaning of symbols and the perception of Freemasonry. Well, the meaning of symbols, I mean, each culture, each uh, group uh, interprets symbols differently. There is a generalization, but it, it'll mean something different to a different group, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, that's subjective to it's very subjective. Yeah. Take like the pentagram, for example. Everybody's got a different, yeah. a different thing about that. I have another question. So, um, Jay-Z is along with many others. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of misconception with that where people say Brad Pitt's a Freemason because they saw some crazy ring on his finger that had nothing to do with Freemasonry. No. And the truth is, again, we would be able to look up people who are Freemasons like Shaquille O'Neal. He's a Freemason. Mm. We could find what lodge he belongs mm-hmm. to. The day you know, he was there, risen, there's documentation that, yeah. for all this stuff. So yes. Now um let's see Atlas eighty nine while studying archaeology and anthropology mm-hmm. I noticed that in the Jesus family tomb the bones are in are in the skull and bones so formation. I can answer this could one. there be origins there? Uh no, no origins. They they are performing a rite. That's very, 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 very old. So that's not, they're not, they're just continuing something. That's not an origin. It's not where it started. They're just continuing something that's very, very old. Or their, their bloodline. And yeah. titles are lame. Yes, Masons are here to make the world a better place, which I appreciate. Thank you very much. We Thank try you. to we do that try, man. We try to do that um, And you go back to the other to The other one. Yes, there, there you, you go. go. This is what shows us all. This one's showing everything. Not that one right there. So I'll commit. Okay, now YouTube's acting. <laughs> Refresh your pages, man. You like onions? We got them layered. That's some Freemasonry, right? There's different. Right, there's right. layers upon layers upon layers, and you could go down different rabbit holes and different paths and find good, useful mm. knowledge. Yeah. Right. So, I think. Uh, that's it for me. That's what I've had. You know, that's, that's what I brought up here. Uh, does anybody have any more questions before we move on and close this one out and knock out our second new show? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're liking all the feedback that we get here, guys. Like we talked about earlier, um, this show continues on our social media. We post things. 
be startup chat groups and stuff like that. There's feeds there that you guys can join just like this, which you guys are seeing here without us commenting on it. We do jump in. We do do this daily. So please follow us so you can see what's going on daily. Um, if there's a topic that we post that you guys fill the threads full of conversation, we just may make it a topic. And as you just witnessed, we do have the ability to take phone calls. We, we are going to at some point in the very, very new near future, open that up to you guys and the public. Uh, Possibly if you guys behave correctly. Yeah. You know, hopefully we behave. don't have to cut that out and <laughs> we don't get, you know, Baba Booey and like hey, Baba Booey. those type of Baba things, Booey. you know, <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're trying to just really get this whole thing rolling to so, give you guys various different ways to interact, and communicate with us. And we like what we're seeing right now. We see you guys actually in the chat, um, communicating with each other. And we want this community to grow because this is a community. We're here to educate each other. You're here to educate me and whatever knowledge I have, I would like to pass it to you and kind of grow together, right? Mm -hmm. It's better together type of thing. Uh, Titles are lame. What does the red cloak represent? And she's probably talking about keeper's intro. Keeper's intro, that weird guy. So that's something that a couple years ago I, I created. And I passed it on to the guys, and then we brought it to life with James. And I believe mm. that is the, the hermit within us, mm. you know, and the thirst for knowledge as we're walking through the dark mm. with the light, and we're finding our way through the path of life. So earlier I said for any practitioner or any, any hermit that's out there or anybody who's in the middle of a, a metropolitan area and feels alone, like you have to be that ray of sunshine. So what that generally what that person represents is walking through darkness is walking through ignorance with the ray of sunshine or knowledge or the thirst for that knowledge. So what that's representing is, is walking through darkness, uh, trying to spread the light to try to be a keeper of the word, you know? So are you guys a keeper? When we do, this is alchemy three or three. When we do pass into the unknown are to, are to disperse our source into electric energy, or do you believe, our time comes to a close altogether. I believe energy never dies. And I believe we transmute into something else, or maybe we go back to the whole. Right. You know? Our body and, and what our what our material body here does is is to dispense itself back into the matter which is everything that's here. And I think what what we can't uh measure and weigh with our own eyes and, and, and our science as of yet. Uh, probably moves on to a whole other realm, a different dimension or something like that, that we are just, we know it's out there. Something else is out there. Somebody else had brought about, uh, talked about death a little while ago. The death is that transmutation to that other place. Death isn't, everybody fears death. What people really fear is not being here with the memories and, and, and the know-how and, and what we know here. People fear leaving this. They don't fear death. Death is just a subway system to get you somewhere else. Just the transportation is somewhere else. It's that water slide, you know, and you you you, you miss it being in the sunshine. Maybe you're gonna hit some splash in cold water or something down at the other end, but that's gonna be the new you on the other end. So Lorna Dune Blackmore, I think you should have a pre-approved longtime fan caller list to pilot. Yes. Yeah, and we already gonna, got you're few. gonna be on there. Yeah, maybe it's gonna be you. <laughs> uh, so Roy Musico, the audio is crystal clear now. Thank you. Great. Yeah, we thank you for that. the feedback. Thank you very much. We so, work really hard to make this crystal clear for you guys. So I hope that this um, this topic of memento mori has brought more clarity to you 
And to those of you who are having a hard time with, you know, life in general, who have always had always been contemplating, you know, death and, and things about death. Remember, there's people who give a shit. There are people right? out there. There's people for who sure. care, and you just need to reach out. You need to say something, mm. talk, get those feelings out, because I would rather listen to you talk mm. than to attend your funeral. Correct. And that's the that's the truth, man. That's the cold, hard truth. I would rather listen to you for mm. an hour or two, and no matter how crazy it is, just to make sure that you're going to be around. So this is something that, that we don't just talk about, you know. This is something that I personally practice. And there are a ton of people out there that I talk with and help through whatever. If it's just questions or whatever, what life is, or just, you know, philosophical questions they may, may have. They, they contact me after the show or stuff like that about whatever the topic is. This is something I practice. This is something that I believe in because I've had this affect me and seen the magic that it worked on me from having somebody else come talk to me and hear, hear my BS and help me change around. So everybody can do this. Is it hard? Hell, Hell yes. Yeah. It is hard. But doesn't I, mean it's, it can't be done. I, no. would, I would recommend the stoic approach. The obstacle sure. is the way. Go the hard way. It's the mm-hmm. most rewarding. Not only that, but it's the most liveliest life. It's part of life. To go do that. How can you know what cold is if you know what hot is? How can you not know what hot is without cold? You need to know both. You have to have that balance, you know? And sometimes life is correcting you, whether we like it or not, whether it's positive or negative, it's going to adjust. It's all about recognizing that and traversing that through life. So I think this is where we wrap it up. You guys in production, do you have any shout-outs you want to give out or any mentions? Uh, I just want to say thank you guys for coming out here and talking to us in the chat. Thank you guys for talking to each other in the chat um roy musico thank you for letting us know that we're sounding crystal clear um again to alchemate thank you for not giving up on the on the twitch cast you know and going to youtube so you can still be here with us thank you for that do you have any any people who want to yes i always have shout outs um i always tell everybody wherever you guys are at whether you guys are at whether you guys or in a different state or not, please. One job. Sh- yeah, it was an alarm. Please shop local. Uh, please support your local metaphysical shop or local practitioner shops, wherever that may be. And I want to give a shout in the LA Basin to Green Man, to Pan's Apotheca, to A Crooked Path, to Dragon in the Rose, to Points of Light, to all those people out there, Bodie Studios, everybody's out there to help support us and, and the Los Angeles esoteric community. Thank you. Please shop local. And I want to give a shout out to the brothers of North Hollywood Lodge. Hopefully we get together soon. To the brothers at South Pasadena Lodge. What's up? Eddie What's G, up? How you doing? Um, and I want to give a special shout out to a brother in Miami, Florida. His name is Daniel Molina of Hibiscus Lodge. You can follow them on IG at Hibiscus Lodge 275. Hibiscus Lodge 275 on IG. And their website is HibiscusLodge275.net. Um, Daniel is covering the Leo Taxel hoax. Mm, uh, he's awesome. been on other podcasts. I want to get him on here to talk about the Leo Taxel hoax. And if you don't know what that is, do a little bit of research and you'll see why we want to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, he's doing an actual presentation um, at Hibiscus Lodge in Miami, Florida, June 8th, 2021. So if you're in that area, go check it out. 
I got one more shout out. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Parawisp, the official, which uh, you can check her out on Instagram. Uh, she does really, really cool artwork stuff like that. Uh, she's from Germany. We like her stuff. She likes our stuff. She we does always Ouija boards out of gravestones. Out of gravestone uh, head headstones. headstones, like no joke. And they look badass. Parawisp, so check her out check her on out. Instagram. Her stuff is amazing. Yes. She has jewelry as well, which is amazing. Uh, so just big shout out to you. All right. So I think that's the wrap up for the show. We covered for Memento now. Mori. Thank you for tuning in. Remember, and- if you guys want to hear topics, you want us to talk about stuff, hit us up in our DMs. Hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, anywhere. Let us know what you guys want to hear. All right. Thank you. We're out. Good night.